0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, August the 2nd, 2022. It is currently 6.23 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, I cannot speak for you. I can't speak for anyone else, but as far as I am concerned, I get extremely frustrated. I get extremely upset. I get extremely bothered when I hear Christians say something like, well, that's a secondary issue. Uh, That's not a, that's not a first uh, doctrine. That's a secondary doctrine. That's not a doctrine of first importance. It's not a, it's not a primary issue. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. We shouldn't be divided about that or that shouldn't be an issue that should divide believers because it's it's secondary it's not a it's not a primary doctrine. I can't stand When people say things like that, it drives me absolutely nuts. And you've probably heard it said, and you know, maybe in some other way, I don't know which phrases you've heard, but I've heard everything like it's not a primary doctrine, it's a secondary doctrine, it's not an issue that should divide Christians. Uh, We 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 can disagree on that, and and and, and it's okay that it's not an essential doctrine. Uh, Whatever the case may be, I can't stand when people say that because. Who decides what's the essential doctrines and who decides what's the non-essential doctrines? What makes a doctrine not essential? Now, what we typically say is, well, it doesn't relate to salvation. So the only doctrines that are essential are those that relate to salvation. All right. So like, so, so, so which, which, Doctrines that relate to salvation are essential. And if you say only that which relates to salvation is essential, so you're saying the doctrine of the Trinity is not essential, the deity of Christ is not essential, the virgin birth is not essential. What, what, what when, when is something essential? And is there, a, who came up with the authoritative list? This, you know, here's the list. This is, these are the essential doctrines. Everything else is non essential. These are the key to who came up with the list because they sure didn't contact me and ask me what I think is essential or non-essential, what I think is primary or secondary, what I think is worth dividing over or not worth dividing over. It just seems so subjective, but you see that all the time When, when, when something becomes controversial, and Christians are fighting, or maybe there's a a fight happening within a denomination that could possibly cause a split, someone, you can almost count on it, someone's going to say, whoa, 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 these are just, these are issues that we can just, you know, debate and disagree over as brothers in Christ, it should not divide us, it should not divide the denomination, but I, I think that that is, I think that that's a foolish concept I think it's not accurate, um, and I believe it's misguided, and I believe it actually sets up some major issues. Let me try to explain. Every doctrine, every doctrine, every point of, of interpretation, they have to be essential because, listen to me, this is very important. Every doctrinal dispute, every doctrinal disagreement, really, if you think about it, comes down to the issue of hermeneutics, to the issue of biblical interpretation. So if you say, well, you can think this way, and I can think this way, and it's supposedly not an essential doctrine, so you can just have your interpretation, I can have my interpretation. No, you're you're missing the point. The point is, why are we coming to different interpretations? Why? Why? Are we utilizing the same hermeneutical method? Are we using the same study methods? Are we using the same observational methods? Why did we come to a different conclusion? It can't just be seen as something non-essential because it may actually reveal that we have a disagreement on how to handle the scriptures, how to rightly divide the word of truth, how to interpret scriptures. So, you can't simply say, well, you believe this, and I believe this, but it's supposedly just because someone arbitrarily came up with the idea that it's not an essential doctrine. It's okay. You go your way, and I go my way. No, you're just avoiding the inevitable dispute. You're avoiding the inevitable disagreement, because clearly, we no longer agree on how to interpret the Bible, because if we both agree on the hermeneutical method, on the on the hermeneutical principles, on the principles of interpretation, then we should be able to come to some kind of an agreement on a doctrinal dispute. And that, to me, that just only makes sense logically. We, we have the same supposed source of authority, right? The Word of God, Scripture and Scripture alone, okay? Now, supposedly, we are using the same hermeneutical method. So if we have the same source of authority and we have the same hermeneutical method, I don't know how we can simply say, well, you know, we'll just agree to disagree because it's a secondary issue. No, 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 no. The, the, there's, something, there's something wrong because I, don't, I think it typically indicates that we're no longer agreeing on the hermeneutical method that we're utilizing. That's so. I don't think there's a secondary issue. I don't think there's non-essential doctrines. It, it drives me absolutely crazy. And you'll see this between some Presbyterians and Baptists. Well, they believe in infant baptism. We don't believe in infant baptism, but it's not a primary doctrine. It's a secondary doctrine. It it doesn't deal with salvation. So we can just, you know, it's it's okay that we disagree. And I'm like, how can it be okay to disagree? Because somehow they look at a Bible, the, the very same Bible that I'm looking at, and they find, go forth and baptize babies when they're eight days old and make them a member of the visible church. I read the Bible, I'm like, I don't see go forth and baptize babies. I don't see an example of babies being baptized. And I would think that membership in the church would, have, at a minimum, required someone actually putting their faith in Jesus Christ. So I think we have a—we we, we are clearly not reading the same— either we're not reading the same Bible, or clearly we're reading the Bible in a very, 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 very different way. So even though you may say that's a secondary doctrine— it indicates that we are approaching the Bible in very different ways. We're reading it in very different ways. We're using a different hermeneutical framework. We're, we're, we, there's there's a massive disconnect. So instead of saying it's a secondary issue, no, no, no. We should be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've got to figure out why we're not reading the text the same. Because you're reading the text and seeing sprinkle a baby and I'm reading the text saying, when you believe, you can be baptized. Clearly, something is off here. That makes it not secondary. That makes it primary. That makes it essential. That doesn't make it non-essential. But it drives me crazy whenever I hear Christians play this game. That no, 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 no. It's not essential, so we can just disagree. No, it comes down to hermeneutics. Now, the reason I'm spent I spent eight minutes trying my best, my voice is still weak from COVID, trying my best to articulate that, hopefully I did with some level of clarity, hopefully I did that, is because, well, it appears that there is a disagreement, maybe forming within the Southern Baptist Convention when it comes to how do we understand the word pastor? How do we understand the word pastor? Now, I'm not a Southern Baptist, but I find it interesting that in 2022, right, over 2,000 years of church history, Christians still can't agree on the word pastor. That just seems a little mind-blowing to me. That, that's like a little, that's, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't understand. That's like, how how is that possible? But and I, I guess it is, and I guess, well, they needed some theologians to try to clarify the word. Here's what's going on. Here's, here's the headline. This was published today, August the 2nd, 2022. SBC theologians, Southern Baptist Convention theologians, clarify the meaning of pastor amid dispute over female ordination. All right, so if you remember, Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, they ordained some women to ministry. And it seems that this is, that I guess that part of this dispute is, you know, if you ordain someone to ministry, I guess as long as you don't ordain them to the role of pastor, then it's okay. But if you ordain them to the role of pastor, then it's not okay because the issue is the word pastor. All right. Uh, now, there's a lot we could we could we could start talking about right here, but let's read a little bit of this article. And, and obviously, you know, somewhere in this article, someone's going to say, it's not an essential doctrine. It's not a first doctrine. It's a secondary issue. We need to keep them. They're going to, they're going to, you know, that's where it's going to go. That's why I spent eight minutes rejecting that concept outright, because I think it's, it's absolutely foolish. But let's see what happens here. Here we go. Prominent Southern Baptist theologians have published a statement clarifying the meaning of the word pastor amid controversy within the United States' largest Protestant denomination stemming from Rick Warren's Saddleback Church's ordaining, ordaining female pastors, plural, last year. So last year, Rick Warren's church, they ordained female pastors. They ordained women to be pastors, now the question is to me see everyone will get into an argument about well no women can't be pastors women shouldn't be pastors no to me everyone needs to take a time out and again go to what I think the deeper issue is wait a minute what how are you interpreting the bible what is your method of biblical interpretation versus my method of biblical interpretation what, how are you interpreting the Bible to come to the conclusion that you can ordain women to be pastors? And how and what conclu- and what method am I using to come to a conclusion that a woman cannot be ordained to be a pastor? The issue here is not the ordination. The issue here is not whether women should be pastors or can be pastors, can or can't. The issue is how are we using the same Bible? Yes, the Bible is the uh, the authoritative Word of God. Okay, so we have the same source of authority. Now we have to determine how are we approaching that source of authority to arrive at two completely different conclusions so that so at that very moment, it's not a secondary issue because the issue is what are how are you interpreting the Bible? What method of interpretation are you utilizing? That's why there's no secondary doctrines, there's no non-essential doctrines. Every doctrine is essential because every doctrine is an issue of hermeneutics. Let's see what they have to say here. They go on to say this. The document, a statement concerning the Baptist faith and message and the word pastor, was released last week by two Southern Baptist seminary presidents and the former head of the denomination's public policy arm. The signatories are Albert Moeller, president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Chuck Kelly, president of New Orleans Baptist uh, Theological Seminary, and Richard Land, who served as the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission from 1988 to 2013, and is the president emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary in North Carolina. The confession. Revision committee assigned the uh, the three men to write a study guide for the new 2000 Baptist Faith and Message confession, aiming to bring clarity to uh, this debate within the Southern Baptist life. Theologians said that when it comes to the word pastor, Southern Baptists have always understood the term. So, there this is causing can we say fractions? Can uh, our I, I shouldn't say fractions. Is this causing factions? Is this causing a fracture within the Southern Baptist uh, Committee or Southern Baptist Convention? I, I can't say how. I can't say say how divisive this subject is as of right now. I cannot dogmatically assert that, and I won't say, I haven't spent enough time trying to look into the world of the Southern Baptist to see how divisive this subject is, but you can at least imagine that it be- could become more divisive, more, leading to more division, leading to more, we'll call this factions, different groups, different schisms, different, different segments of the Southern Baptists breaking off into different sides and then beginning to argue and fight with one another, which could cause more problems within the denomination. Once again, just showing the never-ending disagreements within the body of Christ, even within denominations. But that that goes back to some previous podcast episodes. Uh, But the point is, they're like, hey, historically, it appears that Southern Baptists have always understood the term, Well, they may have always, always, always understood the term. Maybe that's true. Clearly, they don't in 2022. Why not? What's changed? What's happened? Now, some may say, well, we need to clarify. And again, please note their approach. We've got to clarify the term. We've got to say that. No, what we need to clarify is what method of interpretation is everyone using? We, we always seem to miss the deeper issue. The deeper issue is, okay, is the Bible the final authority? Amen. Okay, now what is your hermeneutical approach? We've got to agree on the hermeneutical approach or all the other arguments is we're just, we're not listening to one another. So how did Rick, what was Rick Warren's hermeneutical approach that told him or led him to say, hey, I can ordain women to become pastors? That's the real question. Not what does the word pastor mean. The question is, what hermeneutical method did he utilize to arrive at that conclusion? All right, let's let's see what else they have to say here. In keeping with the spirit of the of Baptist faith and message two thousand, pastor means one who fulfills the pastoral office and carries out the pastor's functions. Article six of the Baptist Faith and Message two thousand states that the scriptural office are past, uh, states that the scriptural offices are pastors and deacons, and that while both men and women are gifted for the service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture continue. The article continues. The function of the office and the office itself are inseparable, the three Baptist leaders maintained. They highlighted that the commentary they wrote on the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message notes that central to that pastoral role is the responsibility to preach and teach. It's important to understand that the word pastor was chosen precisely because of its clarity among Southern Baptists. The statement carefully affirms that both men and women are gifted for service in the church, but the role of pastor is biblically defined and is to be held only by men as qualified by Scripture. Uh, they stated in the new statement. All right, so they're like, so just please note their approach. Hey, no, the word pastor we is that that's the person who fulfills the role of a pastor, which their primary function is preaching and teaching. That's what it's called to do. And the only people who can have that office and, and, and fulfill that role is a man. That, that's their argument. But to me, it misses the whole point. Okay, fine. The issue is how did Rick Warren come to a different conclusion? What, what was his method of interpretation? That's the issue, because if you don't agree on that, then you're just you just going to be arguing in circles, and so much of Christianity's arguments are always just big, just never ending, back and forth, back and forth. You quote a scripture, I quote a scripture, you quote a scripture, death by cross-reference. Everyone thinks that they're right, and it's like, no, 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 everyone stop talking. Please outline your hermeneutical method that allowed you to, that allowed you to, uh, that allowed you to reach the conclusion in which you did see then you can step back with a pencil and a notebook and a Bible and go okay let's follow this through okay so this was the method they used to interpret all right let's follow that method of interpretation okay now does that work is it logical is it is it illogical are they do they use that method of interpretation with everything or is this a new method of interpretation then we can begin to and uh Go after it from that perspective. But we we never, we seem to never do that within Christianity. Now, now listen, here's what I was afraid was going to happen. Here we go. All right. Oh, well, actually, there's a couple of more, a, a lot more lines here that I thought, I thought we were getting to the end of the article. Here we go. Um, when the Baptist faith and message which adopted was adopted and revised in 2000, the committee established that pastor was not to be used to describe every ministerial position within a church, they added. Unlike other denominations, with a hierarchical ecclesiastical structure, in Baptist ecclesiology, the local church calls and ordains its pastors, not the denomination as a whole or its affiliated ent- uh, entities. While the debate over what the Southern Baptists say about who is qualified to serve in pastoral role is not new, the issue resurfaced at this year's annual SBC meeting in Anaheim, California. Many considered Saddleback's recent ordination of female pastors contravening the Baptist faith in Message 2000. And remarks from the floor of the annual meeting in June, Rick Warren, the outgoing pastor of the Southern California megachurch, appealed to the denomination to stop fighting over the issue and, and that the subject is not a first-order doctrine. There, there we have it. Hey, hey, guys, guys, stop fighting. It's not a doctrine of first order. It's not a first-order doctrine. Who says who arbitrarily, Rick Warren just can are, are just automatically, dogmatically assert it's not a first doctrine, as in the words he used. It's not a first order doctrine. Where, where did Rick Warren get the authority to declare which doctrines are first order and which doctrines are second order? Because I'm still looking for that list in the Bible. I'm still looking for that list in the Bible. This is a second order doctrine. This is a first order doctrine. This, this is who gets to determine which doctrine is first order and which doctrine is second order? Virgin birth That's eh, second order. Okay. Deity of Christ. ah, oh, that's first order. Uh, Doctrine of hell. That's second order. Heaven. That's first order. Like who, who arbitrarily gets to make that decision? So let me say it again. I don't care who says, I don't care if it's Rick Warren. I don't care who the famous pastor is. When you Draw a conclusion based off your reading of scripture that you can either, that something is now right, that maybe some consider wrong, or that you believe something is wrong, that others may consider to be right, okay? I apologize, sitting there trying to take a drink of water. Give me one second. There we go. My voice is a little weak this evening. That's okay. Still trying to recover from COVID. That's okay. Not not going to try to allow it to stop me out. I've decided I've waited long enough. We're just going to do what we can when we can. All right. So here we go. My voice never comes back. I'm going to use whatever I have to keep talking. All right. Here we go. So let me try to make this clear. If you... As a Christian, as an individual, or as a pastor, as a denomination, as it doesn't matter your your function, your office, your role. If you step up and go, wait a minute, this is now right. Well, others say it's wrong. This is right, or this is wrong that or, or this is right that others say is wrong, or this is wrong that others say is right. Whenever you make a dogmatic assertion like that. You can't say, you can't then just look back and go, hey, guys, don't get upset. It's just, it's not a first order doctrine. No, no. You just made it a first order doctrine because guess what you just did? You just made a dogmatic assertion that the Bible doesn't condemn that action or the Bible supports that action. You're just made a dogmatic assertion about what the word of God teaches. That's always a first order doctrine. Whenever you say the Bible, the Bible doesn't condemn ordaining women. Not only does it not condemn it, it supports it. Well, you're now making a claim that the Bible teaches something. You can't claim the Bible teaches something and then at the same time go, but guys, 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 this is not a first order doctrine. So stop fighting me. No, you just made a claim that the Bible says ordaining women to ministry, ordaining women pastors, is not as acceptable. It's okay. You just made the claim that the Bible teaches something. Now that at just by logical process just logical progression of thought, that makes it a first order doctrine. Now the question is you've got to show me what hermeneutic you used to draw that to draw that conclusion. Then I'm going to take your hermeneutic, apply it to interpreting other things in the Bible, and see are you consistent with that uh, interpretation and where would your method of interpretation lead us on other major doctrinal issues? Because somehow you decided that, Hey, I know we've not, we've, we've said that ordaining women is wrong, but I've discovered hermeneutically that it's actually not wrong. How did you come to that conclusion? But Rick Warren's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna demonstrate how I came to this conclusion. I'm not gonna prove how it came to this conclusion. I'm just gonna tell you, stop fighting me because it's not a first order doctrine. That that that's such a that's such garbage. That that is such garbage. All right, he goes on to say this. Are we going to keep bickering over secondary issues? Or are we going to keep the main thing the main thing? Well, what's the main thing, Rick Warren? Is the word of God the main thing? is the word of God the main thing? Because guess what? I would say the main thing is is everything in Genesis to Revelation. It's all the main thing. I don't I don't no, I don't understand how pastors, churches and denominations can just decide that's not the main thing anymore. That's a secondary issue. It's not a primary issue. It's okay to dis-. no, it's the word of God. Every word is inspired by God. Every word is profitable for doctrine. Every word is profitable for reproof, for correction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. They go on to say, Discussion of the issue, the theology surrounding it, and whether to, to disaffiliate Saddleback Church from the SBC was ultimately tabled to a later date. It was sent to the convention's credentials committee for further study. Yeah, because it takes, I don't know, 10 years to figure out if a church can or cannot ordain women to ministry. Broadly speaking, those who oppose women uh, being ordained as lead pastors are are, are known as complementarians and believe that certain offices within the church are restricted to men. While espousing complementarian theology, there are others who believe that only the office of senior pastor is limited to men. By contrast, egalitarians believe that the specific scriptures that appear to restrict the pastoral office to men are not universal blanket restrictions. Now see, the issue between complementarian and egalitarian is really not even an issue about women. It really isn't. It's an issue on how do we interpret these passages of scripture. So in other words, this is how it should work. If you're an egalitarian or you're a complementarian, right, you have to, first of all, we have to compile all the relevant scriptures. So first you compile a list of every relevant scripture that would pertain in any way, shape, or form to who can serve and what the offices in the church and who can serve in them right? And then we have to look at everything. We have to look at scriptures that just give us examples of who's serving. Do we have examples of women serving in these roles? Do we not have examples? Is it always men, right? So we just, we got to compile all the scriptures. And after we compile all of the scriptures, then we have to determine, okay, what is going to be our hermeneutical approach? What are we going to do? Are we going to use as a hermeneutic? Well, you know, Paul was just reflecting the culture at the time. He wasn't necessarily writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, now you're bringing in the idea that Paul was not writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so not all Scripture is inspired. All right, so you've just brought in, you reject the inspiration of Scripture to make that a part of your hermeneutic. Okay, well, we've got got a disagreement here where I believe Paul was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because all scripture is inspired by God. So first we have to determine, do we actually agree with that? Now, once we agree that it's all inspired, well, if it's inspired, it's authoritative. So then how, how, what are you utilizing to determine, nope, that, that doesn't mean that anymore. How are you, what are you determining to eliminate how to, how to handle that? So to me, everyone wants to get into complementarian and egalitarian. It really is hermeneutical issue. It's a hermeneutical issue. They go on to say, uh, Land, one of the men involved in issuing the statement, is the executive editor of the Christian Post. He said in an interview Monday that it should be remembered that this is a debate about ecclesiology, not soteriology and should be treated in such as a discussion among brothers and sisters in christ there's that garbage again hey it's a eccle- see soteriology it's important ecclesiology not so much what are you t- who are you to determine that ecclesiology is not as important as soteriology it's not even about ecclesiology and soteriology it's about how do you interpret scriptures that seem to indicate who can or who cannot be in ministry. So when you hear people talk about that, what, what I want to take from this is I don't even care about what the Southern Baptist Convention is doing. I, I don't even care. That's to me secondary. Everyone can, everyone, other podcasts can argue the story. What I want you to realize is when people say, oh, wait, that doctrine is secondary. It's not a primary doctrine. It's okay that we know there are no secondary doctrines. If the word of God talks about it, it's primary. If the word of God talks about it, it's essential because it comes down to a question of, here's the scripture, how do we interpret it? Every doctrinal issue is a hermeneutical issue. We have to make sure that we agree on our hermeneutics because if we don't, whatever issue we set aside now, we're going to have another issue later because we don't agree on how to handle the scriptures. That is what I want you to take from this this evening. All right, I'll stop right there. You can email me, your agreement or disagreement, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize if I was not clear at any point. I did have a little problems with my voice, but um, I'm just glad this is the third live broadcast today. So, hey, if we can... If I can maintain three until I'm completely back to normal, that'll be a good average. So we'll see. Hopefully tomorrow we can do more than three, but we'll, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully I've made myself clear. If I did not, I'll turn on the microphone and I will clarify it as soon as I can tomorrow. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.